During a crisis, you know, cocktail hour can be almost any hour. Okay, so here we are, recording the Boozy Sitters Club. I'm Stephanie. Yep, yep, yep. I'm Nell. And this week, the pod is brought to you by friend of the pod, Roxanne, again, because she she followed through. Did not take kindly to being booted. No, she did not. So she is uh, sponsoring our... Top of the pod for the Boozy Sitters. You too can sponsor the Top of the Pod by rating, reviewing, and subscribing and showing us proof that you've done so on your preferred podcast platform. And for those of you just tuning in wanting to know what the hell is this pod all about, uh, we let's re- tell you. Let's tell you. We reread the Babysitters Club books and get drunk and talk about them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it. At different levels, each of those things in every episode. Sometimes we delve real deep into the books. Sometimes we have passionate feelings about the books. Sometimes we just get real drunk. Those are usually the best for the listeners. Yes. Not for my head the next day. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, that's what we do. That's, we're here. We're doing that. Mm-hmm. And this week we read Goodbye, Stacy. Goodbye. I feel like you cannot read that title without reading it in a way that is melodramatic. Uh, no. It's got a comma in it. It's a whole... Like, the title is a play within itself, I think. I would agree. So we wildly speculated that she moved back IRA to New York. Was involved. Yes. But then... In a plot twist, we learned her family background is she's Scottish. I was, I, I, I almost texted you and it was like, we've been so wrong this whole time. Or are they? <laughs> I feel like we've gone so far down this path. Maybe that's a double bluff. If they're actually Scottish, then uh, hello, they're missing an A in their name. Thank you. It's very confusing. Very confusing. Yes. Either way. So we speculated there was some IRA-involved reason why they were moving back to New York. Turns out they're just moving back to New York because the Stanford branch of whatever bank her father works for wasn't doing well, so they're closing it and transferring him back to New York. I do not think that we have not been told that there is not IRA involvement. We have not. We're just getting... The top line, the story you tell the kids. Yeah. And so Until the- you initiate the kids into the family business. It's Look, true. At some point, we're just going to rewrite Babysitter's Club as like IRA gun running fanfic because Why not? that's what we're into. Clear, clearly. So that's our short synopsis. Should we throw it to... Another Scottish Scottish Lewis. Scottish Lewis. (laughs) 
<laughs> we hope. We hope. Lewis, are you there? Oh no, Stacy McGill is moving back to New York. That means no more Stony Brook Middle School, no more Charlotte Jonathan, and worst of all, no more Babysitter's Club. Stacy's friends are crushed when they hear that Stacy's moving. Claudia most of all. Stacy was our first best friend. How will the babysitters cope without Stacy? What kind of going away present is good enough for someone as special as she is? But most important, who is going to be the next member of the Babysitters Club? So we're back. Thank you, Lewis and or other man with a <laughs> Siri apparently thought I was talking to her. She's still recording me. Shut up, Siri. Apparently she thinks her name is Lewis now. Everyone wants to be Lewis. It's true. Who doesn't want to be Lewis? Anyway, so. So what you drinking? Okay, so you inspired me last time. And then our outing, outside outing with people we haven't seen in months tomorrow also inspired me because I got real excited about mulled wine on the thread and how to keep it warm and someone very logically pointed out a thermos a thermos <laughs> which i literally was like i saw your text and i was like a thermos <laughs> and then i saw the text that said a thermos you know what sometimes sometimes you need someone else to say what you logically know your brain wasn't able to formulate. Right. So it was inspired. And then I realized I didn't have like all the things. So I did make something. Mm. That is. What'd you make? Close. That is. It is a version of mulled wine. Okay. Uh, so it's a, just a bottle of red wine. Yep. I put orange slices in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any seed pods for, like, cardamom and clove and cinnamon. I only had ground stuff. Okay. So, I put a little... a sachet? I did. I did do that. Um, Some of it leaked through, so I had to to wait till it started simmering to dissolve. And then I've seen versions where you put brandy in it, and... Mm -hmm. I thought I had brandy. I don't. So I threw rum. Well, I've in also it. seen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I've seen versions where it's just wine, but rum works too. I have too, but I just felt like the day and the week I've had that I needed a hard liquor as well. Yep. And yep. since it's like a dark spiced rum, it actually tastes quite yeah. good. I think tomorrow, though, I'm gonna. I forget sometimes with. The, the ground ones, if you put too much in, it's a little, whoo! Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Great. What are you drinking? Well, I too had a day. Not a bad day, just like a lot, a lot happened. Um, well, there's that whole like Saturn and Jupiter are coming together soon for like the first a, time in thousands of years. Yeah. So I don't know if that's doing something. I think there was an eclipse recently too. Something's mm. happening. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and so I basically looked around and said, what can I make with things that are in my house? Um, I also went the seasonal warm route 
and I made a hot toddy. Oh! So um, the only problem is I ran out of bourbon. Like the next one I make will probably be a whiskey hot toddy. I mean, I just made a mulled wine with rum, so. It's it's fine. I just won't be able to have consistency in my. It's brown. They're both brown. It's brown. It's hot. It's lemony. It's clovey. That's sugary. all you need. Yeah. So so it's good. I love a hot toddy. Like, it rarely gets cold enough in Florida to have a hot toddy, but it was yeah. like 40 degrees this morning when I woke up. Well, and, and we unintentionally... Are on a theme again. I'm almost done with mine, which is problematic. So I think I added too much water to mine. So (laughs) it's cool. So let's take this wee break, come Mm -hmm. back, find out how we are, and I might actually top myself off. Hello, boozy friends. The T Man is back. No, not the trip man. Haha. It is T Rever 2000 with a reminder for all you crazy kids out there to be safe this holiday season and please wear a mask. If you want to make old Saint Nick and Hanukkah Harry proud, you will cover your face holes and keep your cooties to yourself. Merry happy everyone and let's hope 2021 sucks a little less. So we're back from our wee break. We're back. So how are you? How you doing? Um, I'm good. Again, like today was just kind of weird. Um, I went outside three separate times, all for reasons like... I went for a walk in the morning and then um, I had to go pick something up and then I had to go to the post office to send off Christmas presents because everyone's like, oh my God, you got to get their stuff in the post office and nothing is coming on time and all of that. Um, but after months, literal months of either not leaving the house or leaving the house going, doing something quickly, coming right back, it felt really weird to just keep coming in and out and walking and I'm just like whoo I'm tired I hear you like good but man we're gonna have to like we can't just yes we can't just flip a switch and be like whoo right but speaking of flipping the switch I now officially have two friends that have gotten the COVID vaccine oh that's good yeah um, the they first, both work in hospitals. I'm assuming so. the first dose. Yes, first dose. Um, so yeah, because that's despite exciting. what Ronnie D says, you have to have two doses. Did he? Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, it might he's be. just like he said. It just might take the one. He was like, "Oh, it might be fine if you just have the one." <sighs> <laughs> At least that's what I heard. I. Oh, I believe it, because he's such an idiot. Yes. Oh. Yes, he is. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, to use a Christmas-themed exclamation. Yes. Nuts. Nuts. How you doing? How am I? I'm actually good. Um, I don't know why. I just feel better. I, I mean, was in good period. I mean, be. I was in like a real shit place, and then I think I started getting out of the shit place. I started like some therapy again, so that's good. I don't know oh, why good. I'm announcing this here, but you know, well, you can take it out if you decide later that you don't eh, want to announce that. Not I, that I think the 
mental health is good for those yeah, who choose absolutely. to. Just sometimes you don't want to share everything with the world, and that's also fine. Yeah. I'll probably leave it in. I don't care. <laughs> so I think it's helping. I don't know. I've been, you know, trying to get back on the yoga train and remembering, like, you know, why I did what I did in terms of trying to start my own business sure. and getting re-engaged back in that. So that's, you know, all good things. All good things. More to come on that front. I'll be sure to tell our tens of listeners. Absolutely. Well... <laughs> I mean, we are hitting, I forget when this is coming out, next week? Yeah. Christmas week? We're hitting towards the end of the year, and we're probably going to be talking about New Year's resolutions at some point in the new year. True, true, true. And I think our shared New Year's resolution is for a thousand followers slash listeners. Yeah. Like to just we keep, apparently since this is a thing we're doing and just kept doing this whole time like let's do it right like for real we're gonna do it right so <laughs> if we're gonna you ch- are currently listening to this one way that you can help us with our New Year's resolution and maybe your New Year's resolution should be to help us with our New Year's resolution is to tell friends and family tell tra- strangers on the street just encourage people to follow us. And encourage people to listen. Yeah. And rate, review, subscribe, show us, and you could sponsor the top of the pod. So, should we actually talk about this book? Let's talk about the book. Okay. Bye, Stacy. Goodbye. How would you rate this one? Like a three. It was fine. It was fine. It was no fine. super highs, no super lows. Things kind of went as I expected. Yeah. I didn't love the plot line, but I didn't hate the plot line. No, I, yeah, I kind of, to to be perfectly honest, I sort of don't get why. Did you read the right, the author's note? No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. I did not. What did the author's note say? Well, so basically, I think we should probably do a quick, I know Lewis read the back cover, but we should probably do a quick, basically, Stacey's dad Gets the job in New York or has to transfer back to New York. Yeah. They, it's a quick thing. Stacy is moving in four to five weeks. Everybody is very sad about it, but Stacy is also really conflicted because she loved New York and she missed New York when she left it. And so she keeps thinking about the amazing things in New York and her friends there and all that. Um, So she keeps kind of going back and forth. And so the author's note, basically, Anna Martin said, um, let me pull this up so I get it right. Um, She said that she received thousands of letters from readers wanting to know why she moved her back. And she said she never intended to write Stacy out of the series. And in fact, she's featuring her in upcoming upcoming books. Um, but she said, I decided that Stacy would return to New York because it seemed natural that among any group of friends, one might eventually move away. I get a lot of letters from kids, letters from kids telling me how difficult it is when a friend moves or asking me for a story about a friend who moves. Also, I thought it would be fun to write about Stacy's very different life in New York, her friends, her school, her babysitting charges. So... I also kind of got the sense that, like, 
again, we've said this, like, we're reading them pretty quickly. Yeah. And she's writing them fairly quickly. Like, That's true. I mean, this one came out in 1988, and the first one came out in 1986. So in the grand scheme of the books, two years has gone by. Yeah. But she's also, and I think in the timeline of the books, one year, because Stacy says they moved to yes. Stony Brook about a year ago. The but Stony it, Brook timeline is a year, but the timeline in which Anna and Martin is writing the books has been two years since the first book. Yeah. And then if you add on all of the, like, how long it takes to get a book published and all of that, like, in her mind, Stacy had lived in Stony Brook for probably, like, three years. Like... So I think that's probably a part of it, too. Like, she was like, oh, it's time for Stacy to have a new adventure. And, you know, I think there was a, a piece of that. So I agree. I felt like it was a little bit like, Stacy just got here. Why would you move her away? Why couldn't you yeah. move someone else? Like, one of the babysitting charges or, you know, if you want to tell yeah. the moving story. It just, it just seemed strange to me. And because, you know, we're reading this from, we might not remember all of the books, but we do know that Stacy yes. comes back. So to me, it was kind of like, what was the point? Right. Right. <laughs> and I, I think from based on what she's saying, I think there is, there are books where like it's Stacy's New York adventures. And yeah. It might have been a writer thing. Like Anna Martin was like. I need to go to New York for research and write it off on my taxes. Oh, 100%. It could have totally been that. Cause I, and I also distinctly remember a book some coming up where, like, I think all of the girls go visit Stacy and, like... I think you're right. And But then, like, Claudia and Lane don't get along or something. Well, yeah, two best friends. Shit's cray. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was okay. It was fine. I mean, I think I do think it was well written and how it was handled and how like because I do I do remember like when I was a kid and friends moving away and it being so hard because I think it's also when you're a kid you have no agency over yourself so it's like <laughs> did you just burp a little? I had a hiccup. Okay. <laughs> like as an adult, if a friend moves. You're an adult. You can go visit them. And you yes. and you have agency over that. If you're yes. a kid, you you don't. So, like, right. a lot of times if you, you move or a friend moves, you may just not be friends with them anymore. <laughs> it takes a lot, right. a whole lot more effort. I and think even now. Is weird. Yeah. Like, when you're a kid, it feels like, like, time just feels longer and... The idea of, like, I'm not going to see them for six months or a year. Like, well, why would we stay friends? I'm not going to see you for another. You know what I mean? Like, it's a yeah. weird thing to wrap your head around as a kid. I mean, I also say this as someone who, quite frankly, is horrible at keeping in touch with people. So. I mean, that's why we started this pod. <laughs> Part of it. Yeah. So I force you to remind me to talk to you. <laughs> so, and then there wasn't a lot of subplots in this one either. I mean, I think. No, the biggest was, one was the party that they were trying to throw 
But that's still like, part of the moving plot, I felt like. They're trying to yeah. throw her a party, and they don't have enough money to throw her a party. So and they at, wanna, the rest of the group wants to come up with like a really meaningful type yeah. of party, and they can't think of anything. And, and they, they end okay, up... Okay, are you really that good a friend if you can't think about something? I'm just... I'm being a jerk. <laughs> and so it ends up like as they're, the McGills are packing up their house... Mr. and Mrs. McGill say if the girls want to have a yard sale and they handle it all, they can keep whatever money and split it amongst themselves. And they end up using that money to throw her a party. And and they invite all of the babysitting, like every, all the kids that they babysit, they invite all of them. They do games and everything. It's actually a well done, I mean... I'm like, oh, they actually did it really well. It's a book. She could write it, but they did it well. Like, I get that. But um, it kind of reminded me of the um, summer camp that they yes. did. Um, they basically, like, planned ahead. They had teams. They'd figured it out. Like, we'll do egg races. We'll do this. We'll do, you know, all these different things. And then they brought Dawn into the front yard and they did something there and then they brought her back out to the backyard and then they'd like set up a cake table with like yeah. surprise cakes and and by you Dawn know, you mean Stacy. God, the blondes, man. You know, the blondes. Good thing Stacey. in the show there's only one blonde. Right? But then, you know, there's a bunch of brunettes. <laughs> I can tell them apart. <laughs> That is true. Blondes all look alike. Blondes all look alike. The one subplot that I did think was kind of funny. It wasn't even a plot. It was just like a vignette. Dorianne Wallingford. Oh, I forgot about it. It's not even that. It was then when they go over to the Pike's house and they're playing that spy game they call S.A. Oh, yes. So new neighbors move in and they have what turns out to be French accents. But when I was they're literally just. French people. They're just French people. They like from France. But the whole time, because like when I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of I Love Lucy. And there's an episode of I Love Lucy where these two people move into the apartment house and Lucy and Ethel are essentially doing the same thing and they're spying on them. But I think in that they have like Russian accents or something. And in that it turns out that they're like actors rehearsing for a play but it's like literally the same things. Like, and I was just like, yeah, are you just writing well, an episode I, of I love Lucy? <laughs> where I went with it is one of my favorite books as a kid was Harriet the spy. Mm, yeah. And so I went there with it of like, so I went, are we just assuming that they've all read Harriet the spy recently? And, <laughs> and there's like, cause I did, I had my spy notebook and was started making, a ton of observations about and people. And they had, like, badges for certain mission. It was funny to me. Yeah. Um, so I will... I know we've been jumping around a little bit, but I'll just um, talk about a couple things that I tagged that were kind of funny. So the Dorian Wallingford piece. One, at first, I was pleased that Dorianne Wallingford, whose name I love, is still a part of the book, still shows up or whatever, um, except she shows up because Howie Johnson, which cracks me up, um, 
he apparently the the book starts out because Claudia runs up to Stacy and with this news that Howie Johnson asked Dorian Wallingford to go to the library with him. And Howie Johnson is not make out in the stacks. Um that never happened. Studying for math. I don't know. I I'm just from like a book perspective, not like I don't know anyone that made out in the stacks. No, because if you were like cool enough to be making out with people, you weren't going in the library. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the library. Um, plus the ones in our library had those like great floors so you could look up and look down. You're never hidden. Whatever. Anyway. Um, so Howie Johnson and Stacy went to like, like they're the ones that go to the school dance together. They weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, but it was implied, and so there's a little bit of drama with Howie and Dorian Wallingford that goes through the um, through the book, and that kind of made me laugh, especially when Howie buys Dory a ring at the yard sale that was one of Stacy's, and then he does something, and she gives it back, and it's just like, oh, man, 13-year-old's love is quite something. Um, they also just start calling them the jerk twins. That was pretty made good. me laugh. And I don't think actually though you ever really grow out of that because remember that time we went to Anata and oh yes. And we saw that guy that I was dating but then was like actively trying to like ghost but not, not ghost. Date. Yep. But then not date but then he just kept talking to me but then we saw him on a date with somebody else and we got our waiter involved to like go find out what was going on and then even though i didn't like him that was a a, <laughs> a time and like man that was good times and she good was, times because i was only tangentially emotionally involved and she, the, well, the funny thing was at that point, I wasn't even emotionally involved, so I just had a good time with it. It, it was, was funny. We all decided she was not cute. Also not into him. Wasn't she just like staring at him? <sighs> she was. And then Instagram stalking proved that they started, they like ended up dating for a minute. And now that waiter is the manager of that restaurant. So like, good for him. Good for him. Well, clearly he knew how to, <laughs> you know, I don't even keep think the customers was, happy. I don't even think he was their waiter. <laughs> No, I think he was because we asked him because we saw him at their table. <laughs> and so we were like, hey, we have a question for you. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. And then remember we left and then he texted me. Like, yes, because we were just like, just blow on by like you didn't even see him. Yeah. And then he texted me like, oh, hey, were you at Ignata? I think I saw you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I didn't want to bother you because you were on a date. And he tried to say it wasn't a date, but it was a date. And then we didn't talk anymore. It was so funny. Let's hope he's not one of our tens of listeners. Another thing that I found that I tagged, which made me laugh and also be like Stacy, the uh, Babysitter's Club member of my heart. As she's talking to her parents and her parents are like, but remember New York? You love New York. New York's so cool. And so... Her dad is 
Her dad says, think of all the wonderful things we'll have when we move back to the city. Lincoln Center and the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Central Park and the Don... Donnell? Donnell? Donnell. I'm going with Donnell Library. I don't know what the Donnell Library is. But I don't either. Her mother, Stacy's mother, is really excited about Central Park and the Donnell Library. And then Stacy says... Bloomingdale's, Sachs, Tiffany's, Benetton, Laura Ashley, Ann Taylor, Bonwit Teller, Bergdorf Goodman, and B. Altman's? Yes. I mean... It's look, so true. If your so, parents are forcing you to move back to New York City, absolutely be like, these are the places I would like to go immediately. I'm not going to lie. I really miss the, the medium-sized brown bag. Medium brown bag? Medium brown bag and I were really good friends. I really miss medium brown bag. I, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, um, I was listening to another podcast and they said this and I was like, we should totally steal this idea. They were talking about something and they're like, we're going to do a blog post about this. So I can maybe we do a blog to my post. medium brown bag. Yes. Okay. I can do that. So if you don't know what we're talking about with medium brown bag, keep an eye out for a blog post. About medium brown bag. Yeah. So, did 12-year-old you, would you have liked the book? I, I think I'd probably be fine with it. Like, I think 12-year-old me would have felt like now-year-old me. Like, I... It would have been fine. It wasn't as heart-wrenching as I thought it was going to be. No, it wasn't like Louis dying. No. And... I, like, it was fine. Yeah, I think I would have enjoyed it. I think, you know, it kind of went along. It was great. Yeah. Well, it was fine. I think I would have been annoyed that she left. And I think 12-year-old me, it probably would have hit a little close to home because I think I was around 12 when my best friend from across the street, that's when she moved. Mm -hmm. So that might have been tough. Yeah, I think if I'd had like a personal stake in it. Adult me, honestly, it just really made me miss New York. So I had this like visceral feeling the other night where I'm like, you know what I generally annoys the shit out of me about New York is that there are a zillion restaurants and bars and inevitably you end up walking around in the cold looking for somewhere to eat and nowhere looks good or everywhere is full and it just becomes this like, why can't I find a place to eat? And I was like, oh man, I miss that. Or when you live there, then you just end up eating at the same five places all the time. Yes, because you don't want to do that walk around. Yeah, it ends up being like anywhere, though. You have your spots. Yeah. Yes. No, I I mean from a non-living there perspective. Of yeah, like when and you then go I realized, for... like, everyone that I was friends with when I lived there, I think only, like, one person still lives there. But I miss it. I really miss yeah. it. Yeah. New York, I love you. But you're bringing me down. That's an LCD set. Okay, putting rum in this, I am, I'm fucked up. <laughs> you want to talk about Morbid of Destiny? Because that, yeah. I think, was a surprising part for me. Maybe not, well, maybe the most surprising. It was a, a, a surprising part that I enjoyed, mm. which was Morbid of Destiny shows up. Christy is babysitting for... Like the, everybody. The Brewer Thomas kids and all their friends who has like There's an like infighting. I want to like, see some okay. of the friends are like David Can Michael's I read this? friends. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So 
basically it's Christy's babysitting for her brother Andrew, her stepsister Karen, and stepbrother no, sorry, stepbrother Andrew, stepsister Karen, and David Michael, her brother. Then they had Boo Boo the cat, Shannon the dog, then Amanda and Max Delaney, and Hanny and Linny Papadakis. So then she says, let me just remind you about all those kids. Karen and Andrew are six and four. David Michael is seven. Amanda and Max are eight and six. They're really Karen's friends and don't always get along too well with David Michael. Linny and Hanny are also eight and six. Linny is David Michael's good friend and Hanny is Karen's good friend. The Papadakis kids are friendly and easygoing and get along with anybody except Amanda and Max. And Amanda and Max don't like Hanny and Linny much either. So there are a lot of enemies in this little crowd of kids. It's and like, so funny because it's like, yeah, they're little, but like that shit happens at any age. It's just funny because like the things that like irk you when you're little. And it's continue. also also funny to me because it's like in this situation, the babysitters are the big kids, but they're still like 13. <laughs> They're doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, we just got done talking about Ashley Wyeth and... Well, we're still calling Dorian and Howie the jerk twins. It's true. It's true. So, yeah. So, so Christy's got this soap opera of children and menagerie of pets, and they're all spying on the new French neighbors who, heaven forbid, are having courgette for dinner no that's the pikes they're not spying on this all starts because i think boo boo the cat is outside it is but aren't the french neighbors the french neighbors are the ones that have the courgette they do but that's the pike kids who are spying on the french neighbors oh yes it's a different brood of eight children it's a lot of children anyway yes so they're all outside um boo boo's outside they decide they want to make lemonade they only have two lemons, and all of a sudden they hear a like, I have lemons for you, children. <laughs> I'm making it up, but literally she says that she like cackles. So Morbida Destiny is out on her porch and is like, come over here, you little children. I'll shove you in the oven. So Morbida Destiny invites the children over to her porch. She literally brings out a broom and starts sweeping in front of them, winks at Christy like, I know what's happening. They have to go to the bathroom at one point and Christy realizes like she's just made frozen lemonade and she's just like an older lady who wants some company. But on the other hand is like leaning in hard to the fact that these children think she's a witch. I mean, she has her black cat. She brings out her broom. She literally is like, <laughs> if I was an old lady who lived alone and there were children that thought I was witches, I would a hundred percent lead into it. Cause what the fuck else are you going to do? You would make up spells. I would. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying you would lean hard into it. So hard. But yeah, it was fun. I did feel bad that she's like an old lady who wants company. That made me sad. But the yes. whole thing was hysterical because Karen Brewer just cracks me oh, up. Oh, and the other piece of this was they Karen Brewer had just started before she invited them over. 
And she probably overheard them and invited them over for this reason. But Karen Brewer was like, she's going to, she makes potions and she's going to turn us all into witches. And they were like, but wouldn't we have to drink the potion? And then she's yeah. like, hey, kids, want to come over for some lemonade? So none of them want to drink it. And I think Karen secretly great. wants to be a witch. I think that's where all of this is coming from. Yes. Yes. Like, um so, and, like, Karen is hysterical. So, like, they they fill the whole, she pours all the cups, whatever. She says, go ahead, drink up, said Mrs. Porter. It won't kill you. Are you sure? Whispered Karen. <laughs> like, I just love the fact that Karen just <laughs> gives no fucks and she's, like, nope. none. Like, this is. She gives yeah. none. It's, she's just so funny. Yeah. I think for me, the most surprising part was. Like, they always talked in other books that Charlotte Johansson, Johnson, Johansson, Johansson. is her and Stacy are, like, tight and, like, Mm -hmm. Charlotte is Stacy's favorite charge and whatnot. But I didn't realize, like, how close they were. And, like, Stacy was, like, really worked up about, like, telling Charlotte and then, like, Charlotte got really upset and even though, like... Stacy even like brought her to her house and told her about the yard sale because apparently Charlotte loves a yard sale, which was hysterical. I mean, sure. But then she's All like. All the kids get pretty excited about the yard sale. I know. I mean, I guess I remember when I was a kid being excited about a yard sale until then I, I realized. I think a piece of it is like the prices are so low you can afford it as a child. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and like the Preziosos showed up and like. Jenny wanted a doll, and the mom was like, that Getting real thing. snotty about it. And Stacy was like, not Mrs. Pennywinkle, or whatever the hell it was. Amelia Jane. Amelia <laughs> Jane. <laughs> or that. But, like, like, Charlotte got, like, she made her a book. <sighs> so, a I don't know why it was surprising to me, but that was surprising to me. But, like, in a good way, because, like. You really saw what an impact these babysitters have on the kids they sit for. Yeah. And like how much they really, really, really love them. And I was like, yeah. that's really sweet. It was surprising in a touching way. Well, what was the most expected part for you? I think the most expected part for me was that... Claudia and Stacy like lost their shit once they realized what would happen. And then there was lots of crying and trying to barter with their parents that Stacy could live with the Kishis until the end of the year. Um, yeah, that got knocked down real fast. And I guess also this is part of that, though, it led to something that was surprising that I didn't even think about that. There's such an emphasis on best friends and who's best friends with who in the series. And the fact that Claudia said that until Stacy got there, she had never had a best friend and she never felt like anyone really got her. Mm-hmm. That surprised me. But the whole series of events with them was kind of expected. Yeah, I could see that. I could see why she would feel that way because I think like, like she grew up with Christy and Marianne, Mm -hmm. but I could see 
her feeling like they never really understood yeah. her. Like, which doesn't make them bad friends. It doesn't make whatever. And the fact that she might not have ever thought anything was missing until yeah. she had a friend who she was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I can talk to this person and they know they want to talk about the same things or, you know. That's true. What was the most expected part for you? I mean, that they moved? Like, that's true. Yeah. The whole, like, I think the whole plot line, sometimes the books do, the plots do take a little bit of turns that I'm not necessarily expecting. Um, you know, or she gets to the end. Like, the end isn't a surprise, but the way that she gets there is a little yeah. bit of a surprise. All of this seemed really linear. Like you said, there wasn't a whole there weren't subplots like it was pretty straightforward like at the beginning of the book stacy's parents are like hey we're moving in four to five weeks and at the end of the book four to five weeks have gone by and stacy moves like yeah it all kind of went the way it should yes should we take a wee break and then when we come back talk about the jeff of it all I would also like to talk about Stacy's new address. Okay, so we are back. We are back. So Jeff. Jeff. Jeff he's, is still It's Jeff is, he's still he's going through some stuff. And it's a shame like He's acting out. Marianne ended up having to babysit him because he didn't want to go to this lecture about ghosts and spooky houses at the library, which I guess, to be fair, what Who like doesn't want to go to a lecture about ghosts and spooky houses. I don't think that's a thing that like 10, 11 year old boys are into. I guess. Like, so. He's slamming doors and he is just generally being like a snotty kid. And Marianne finds like a note that he's ripped up where he's like writing to his dad that he wants to come live with him. Yeah. And like, I, I get it. And I get, I actually get the fact that in some cases it makes sense to split up siblings. Like... Yeah. It may make sense to have one sibling with live with one parent and another live with another and, you know, like all of that. Tough choices, I'm sure, but whatever. But, like, I just was like, wait, what? Because he was like, my dad needs me. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, based on what we've learned about your dad so far, pretty sure he doesn't. I'm yeah. not saying, like... Parents don't need their children and all of that. But it was just, like, that was his only, like, that's the only way that he could vocalize why it made sense for him to live with his dad. And yeah. he was like, we're boys and my dad needs me. And it, that could be a totally legitimate thing that a 10-year-old boy would say. And it might be the only way that they he would know how to express himself for that. But I was yeah. kind of like... Pick something else. Like, yeah. it's fine for you to say that, but then, like, I don't the know. The whole thing is just, like, 
weird. And like, again, we know where it's going. We know he ends up moving back to California and that's, it's just, it's just so strange to me. I have to crunch my nut. <laughs> okay, please do so. I'm going to put them away so I stop eating so I have chewing sounds. I mean, I haven't heard any nut crunching. Oh, that's good. It just actually sounds like you're sucking on a hard candy. Well, okay, no eating sounds are <laughs> good. I, I True. <laughs> so since this is a podcast, what you can't see is Nell picked up her hot toddy and was holding it like a small child drinking out of a sippy cup. <laughs> So yeah, that's enough about Jeff. He's annoying. Okay, where did where does Stacy live? Because you looked it up and I didn't. I did look it up. So they so at the end of the book, Stacy's moving away. All the girls come over in the morning. When the movers show up, they bring this banner that says like it. Ironically, I think it does says not say. No, it does not say goodbye, Stacy. Goodbye. That's what the cake says. Oh, that's right. That's right. I knew something actually said it. Um, but and they like the other things, like they paint it on a bed sheet, and then like the the sheet is like the paint is still wet, and I don't know. It's poorly executed. For as well as the party was executed, executed, the sign was not executed well at all. Okay, so it says the rest of the members that are mem- the rest of the members of the babysitters club were standing in the yard below me. Stretched between two of them was a bed sheet. On the sheet, in dripping blue letters, had been painted the words "See you soon, Stacy." That's so strange. I took that to mean the paint was still wet. I did too. Also, I feel like Claudia did not approve of this creative direction. Then, like, Christy says, this is for you to remember us by. And she's like, can I keep it? And her dad is like, yeah, sure. Most kids want a dog or a cat, but you want a bed sheet. Have at it. (laughs) Um, So... Then Stacy has a surprise for them, and she's made up these little business cards that basically say, need a babysitter, call, and it has Stacy's name, her address, her phone number, and it says the New York branch of the Babysitter's Club. Also, so, did you find it odd that like her parents let her like put her address? No, because it was the 80s. I guess that's true. That was a thing that you did in the 80s, and it was fine. To, like, let strangers know where you live? Yes. I'm freaked out that my FedEx delivery person also goes to my gym and stopped by an event I had, so now knows where I work. They might kill me. Well, at least we know who did it. True. I will seek vengeance for you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, ironically, I feel like... The 80s and 90s were a time that were full of you are going to be kidnapped. Because, like, children were on milk cartons. But on the other hand, at the exact same time, go for hours at a time and tell me generally where you are and I have no way to contact you and also hand out 
cards with your address on them to strangers who may have may or not have children. Sure. It was a a time of dichotomies, the eighties and nineties. True, true. Okay, so, so what anyway, neighborhood is this in? Okay, well, two things. The first thing that I found odd is the phone number is listed as the ye olde way that they used to list them, where the first two, for listeners that are not, like, grown up in the 50s and 60s, um, phone numbers used to have letters in front of them for the first two numbers. So for example, and and the way you would give your phone number, I know this because my mom told me, not because I'm ancient. I only know this from I Love Lucy. So the way you'd give your phone number was like, word, word, number, number, number. And that exchange was, and I don't remember exactly how like or how why Like how would you dial it? It's the number. It's the number on the thingers. So, like, Stacy's phone number is listed as JK five eight seven six one. So the number would be same as we would do now. Like, go look at the keypad. Look where JK is. Oh, dial dial. But like, I have a feeling that it was kind of like an area code. Like, if you lived within JK, mm-hmm. you only had to do. Five eight seven six one, right? And then people started getting more phone numbers and more phone. But like in 1988, I'm pretty sure we were not. Well, maybe because having... they didn't want to put like a real phone number. But I guess you could have still done like two one two like five 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 five. Yeah, five five. Like I don't think in the late 80s people were like people would have understood that kids reading this like i don't think i would have understood that honestly i didn't really understand it as a 34 year old so anyway that was my first weird thing the other thing is so upper west side the address is 14 west 81st street so in my mind i was like well that's overlooking the park so then i google maps it and Wait. it's not actually a real address, right. but it's pretty damn close. So what's the address again? 14 yeah. West, West 81st. Okay. So basically it's on the corner of West 81st and Central Park West. Oh. And that's actually where the Museum of Natural History is. Across the street from the Diana Ross playground. And it's, if you look at the street view, mm-hmm. the building that's right there, there's a building called the Beresford. Yeah. And that is one of these huge old buildings that's like one of the top premier Manhattan buildings. Yeah. I'm I'm literally looking at it on the map right now. Yeah. So I looked it up more because I was intrigued about the Beresford. Um, And so basically it's one of those buildings that like if you ever watch any TV or movies and they're showing you a rich person apartment in New York, it's probably in a building like this. And 
Um, you've probably seen it in movies and TV. Um, and Wikipedia tells me in recent years, apartments have sold for between 3 million and 22 million. Sweet Jesus. And one unit is currently listed for $62 million, making Jesus it one Christ. of Manhattan's most expensive properties. Um, this, I was like, I want to know more about this. Um, they talk about the actual building itself. It says the massive block is open to the West, giving it a U shape wrapped around a central court. Three elevators give separate access to small foyers, originally each accessing two apartments of a scale that was eliminated in New York, both by the stock market crash and the new multiple dwellings law. I want to do further reading on the multiple dwellings law that basically was like, yeah, your house is too big. You should be able to fit five families in there. Like, I'm making that up, but I'm... And but, yes. notable residents of this building include uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Glenn Close, Beverly Sills, the opera singer, Diana Ross, which makes sense why the Diana Ross playground is across the street. She wants to watch children play in a playground. Or she just wants a place for her own kids to play where she doesn't have to go very far. That's true. John McEnroe, Tony Randall, organized crime figure Meyer Lansky. What? That's, that's, maybe it's not the IRA. Or... Maybe he's like trying to, I don't know, but organized crime lives in that building. Um, Mike Nichols and Helen Gurley Brown. There's other people, but um, so clearly, look, if you're going to put an actual address of a basically this yes. ridiculous building, then Anna Martin knew what she was doing. She knew where the building was. She knew what it was. And I love the fact that there's this little Easter egg of in the time before the internet, nobody knew. Or people right. that knew knew, but like... But at the same time, though, if it's that fancy of a building and they had like... It was built before laws that you had to have multiple families. The whole time, though, they've been complaining that they're not going to be able to fit a whole house in their apartment. So maybe it's not that building. Well... Sure, but there's like, well, then they live in the Natural History Museum. True. I like where you're going, but I, I, I think where I'm going is she's implying that they are very well off. Oh, and yeah. I got even in the late 80s, this address is it's not like this area of New York has been gentrified in the last. No. And I, honestly, I got that from the first time they talked about it and how they were talking about whatever apartment they were in before was near Central Park. And I was like, yes. shit. Yeah. Which I think we talked about in that episode. Um, but it just made me laugh that Anna Martin is like, oh. Here's where the McGills are going to live. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, we've already established, Christy currently lives in a 10-bedroom mansion. That's accurate. In, in a Connecticut suburb of Stanford. Like, none of these girls are oh, hurting no. for money. They are all solidly upper middle class. Solidly. Or even upper class. Some of them. 
Some of them, yes. I mean, Marianne's dad is a lawyer. He's probably raking it in. True. Um, I don't know. Do we know what the Kishis do? I think at one point they said something about Mrs. Kishi does something at the at a library. I don't remember. I, they've told us. I don't remember. I mean, we've got they babysit for doctors. And oh the preziosos yeah, who? I mean, you know, they're they're in waste in management. They are in waste management. So, do you think it holds up in 2020, which we'll soon have to start asking 2021? Oh, that's sad. 2020. I mean, we can still ask if it held up in the shithole that is 2020. I mean, if it holds up in 2020, it holds (laughs) up in something else. Um, I think it does. I think it's one of these that is, you know, it goes throughout. Time and space and feeling. Well, yeah, because you're, you're, oh, it's very, there's always going to be, you know, your friends at any age are going to ebb and flow and move and it's whether or not you, how you handle it. Yeah. But I think it does. Yeah. What's the next book? I think no, this I is don't. our first Mallory book because they do start talking about. They do. So that is on. Stacey, um, Kind of stands up to Christy. They say, like, what's the solution to losing Stacy? Stacy says, what about Mallory? They go through this whole thing. They decide we could bring her on as junior member since she's still a little bit younger. And Christy says, well, since I'm president, I get to call her. I'm going to call her. And Stacy's like, well, since she's replacing me, I think I should. And I would like to. And yes. it was... I think one of the first times that Christie's kind of like, fine. fine. But. So, um, yes. Yeah. The next book is Hello, Mallory. Mm. So, I'm going to guess mm-hmm. Mallory joins the club. What? I, I, and I think, and they kind of hinted at this with the, you know, another junior member. She's mm-hmm. gonna bring. She's gonna bring Jesse. I think we finally get both Mallory and Jesse. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably gonna be some sort of calamity that ensues at her first mm-hmm. big babysitting job. Yep. She calls Jesse to try to like help her out and try to like mm-hmm. smooth because it out because she doesn't want anyone to know that yeah, she can't handle it. She doesn't it. want anyone to know that she can't handle it, and this is her first babysitters club gig that is not for her own siblings. So she calls Jesse in and like shit goes cray, but they handle it. Girls lock it down, but then they miss like one thing. And that's how it all comes out that this crazy ass thing happened. And like the children almost died. They were almost kidnapped. Someone's dog ran away, but they handled it real well. And then they're like, Jesse, you joined the club too. Boom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good with most of that. I feel like I'm not sure about the introduction of Jesse. I feel like we might need one Mallory book, but you could be right because they did already talk about what if we had two junior members. Right. So so that could be that could be right. Um I think there's gonna be like a Christie showdown where the parent 
calls Christy to, to like, not intentionally, but like rat out Mallory. Like Mallory thinks she's got mm. it handled. She's got yeah. it covered. And Christy gets the phone call of like, so Mallory did a good job, but. And then at the next meeting, Christy's sitting there with her visor, like waiting yeah. for Mallory and kind of gives it to her. Sometimes the way Christy grills people, it reminds me of Kamala Harris at the Jeff Kavanaugh hearings. It's that scary. Sure. I mean, if she had a pencil, <laughs> a visor, and a director's chair, Kamala Harris could be president of the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Look, she's VP of the United States, or will be. <laughs> The next logical step is, is the president, president of the, of the Stony Club. Brook chapter of the Babysitter's Club. I mean, it's only... What, it's what, el- what else are Chuck Taylors for? I mean, really, let's be real. <laughs> so on that note... <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed our latest episode. If you would like to sponsor the uh, introduction, rate, review, subscribe, send us proof. Um, tell your friends and family, help us on our New Year's 2021 resolution of 1,000 followers and listeners. Yes. And next week we uh, we talk about, we close Stacey out Abrams. our Stacey Abrams romance novel, if you want to read along. So many um, thoughts. There's so many thoughts. I, I keep trying. It's called Never Tell. I, I like all of the bits but the romance. But we'll talk more about that later. Yep. But if you would like to read along, Never Tell by Selena Montgomery. Is that her pen name? Yes. That's her nom de plume. I had to explain that to somebody today. And they were like, does plume mean writing? And I was like, no. I, the, when they were feather pens. Yeah. Anyway. Bye, bitches. Bye.